Hi, can you slate your name, please? Hi, I'm Matt Cook. I'm 5'11", and I'm in Los Angeles. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Slate Your Name. Don't slate it like that. That's hitting it a little too hard. Welcome to Slate Your Name, the podcast where actors and creators share true Hollywood tales and discuss the highs and lows of working in the entertainment industry. Hello, I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and this week I'm sitting down with a very funny and charming young man named Matt Cook. He's an actor that you'll know from shows like... Oh, let's see. Man with the Plan, uh, movies like Being the Ricardos or The Greatest Beer Run Ever. Uh, Matt is a very busy and successful guy, uh, and I had a real pleasure chatting with him this week. Turned out that he and I had a lot of uh, fun, nerdy things in common. So grab a seat. Let's start the show. Here's my conversation with Matt Cook. Matt Cook, welcome to Slate Your Name. It's such a pleasure to have you here, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So, <laughs> you know, a few of your recent projects, you have worked with uh, some very famous movie stars. I'm thinking about uh, being the Ricardos. I'm thinking about uh, the greatest beer run ever. Uh so my question to you is when you're sitting on set with your Nicole Kidmans, your Javier Bardem's, your Zac Efron's, what kind of small talk are you are you doing on set there? Uh, not much. I try to stay as far out of their way as possible. <laughs> um, everybody was so cool, though. I mean, you don't ever know what you're going to get. And then I've been really fortunate to work with some incredibly wonderful, massive stars yeah yeah um, pretty great i yeah i auditioned for one of the writers i think or one of the people on set and being the ricardos i remember that table read those table read scenes that you were in yeah and i was like oh i could have been maybe i was just like this close to being uh on set with matt that would have been, been i think so fun i think it was for the director that everybody hated um and oh yeah yeah he did a great job yeah he was great uh, but I just, it's one of those things where like, I would have been great too. You would have oh, been great you. too. Thank I would have loved to have seen you do that. That would have been really it, fun. It's fine. Thanks. I'm over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never heard back. <laughs> I, it's one of those things where, are you the type of person who, if you saw someone super famous or that you respected like out and about, would you go up, would you ever approach them to say, Hey, I'm a fan? I, I've done it just a handful of times when I when I feel like I wouldn't survive if I didn't. Um, yes. And and it's almost always been great. Like uh, I think it has always been great. the 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 biggest one for me was um, <laughs> I was I was walking dog. I was a dog walker for years. That was my day job. Uh -huh. And I was uh, I had. This is, I, this, I guess this is what it is, right? I could just say this, but I, I had tested for SNL and I was on hold and I was walking dogs with my friend and uh, I had like, you know, eight Pomeranians and like <laughs> poodle mixes and like, just like tiny little, like Hollywood fluff dogs that were amazing. And I was in board shorts and a white t-shirt, just like walking down this like West Hollywood street with my buddy, Daniel Acker. And a guy turned the corner and he's like a rock and roll looking dude. I was like, <laughs> it's Dave Grohl. And my buddy Daniel went, is it? 
And then we looked and it was, and he's like my favorite. Like I, I love Foo Fighters are my favorite. And I just, I was just from across the street. I was like, Dave. And he stopped and he turned around. I was like, oh, I started to laugh. And then he was like, sweet as could be. He was great. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not an actor, but he's just like, he was like the most famous person that his name shot out of my mouth. And I very quickly had to be like, you, you don't know me. I'm sorry. I called you by your first name. Like, you don't know me. And then I had to make it all right. And he was, he could not have been more lovely and cool. That feels a low risk, though, when it's someone who's not in the same yes. field because you're like, there's a story that I remember years ago where my a friend of mine, old friend of mine from high school and college actually was out here early on. This was early 2000s and he was in line at Starbucks. Now, now when I look back on this, I wonder if he was right or not. But according to him, Steven Spielberg was in line. At Starbucks. Okay. Why would Steven Spielberg be in line at Starbucks? I feel like he has someone to do that for him. Yeah. Yeah. Now that this this story sounds suspect now. Steven Spielberg type was in line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think he was on the phone with his mom at the time, and his mom was just like, You gotta go up there and introduce him. You gotta get in there. You gotta you yeah. gotta make waves. You gotta put yourself it's out his there. Big and Hollywood like, break. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, No, there's no way I'm gonna do that. <laughs> and probably a good idea that he didn't because a good thing that he didn't, because it clearly was not Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that I think about it. But yeah, <laughs> it's such a strange sensation to go like, oh, and then for me too, like, again, Dave Grohl, like is so safe. So outside, but I was like, I, I just was trying desperately to go. I, I'm not a monster. Like you're safe with like, I, I've, I'm a, I'm a professional too. I'm not your profession, you know, like, and like had such a weird, yes. like mental, silent mental breakdown. Yeah. You do have one of those things where like, if you have just I mean, even one guest star under your belt, just the confidence and you just want to like clear with them. Like, I do have some credibility in this business. I'm not that crazy. Yep. But then trying to have that conversation just makes you sound insane. You sound terrifying. It's like an instantly a scare. There's no winning. Like you just have to yeah. be so chill and just be like, how's your day? You know, or whatever. <laughs> like you just kind of play it safe. That's my move. <laughs> what was the first, you remember the first big job you were on set and you're like, Oh, I'm in the big leagues now. This is like a, this is like someone that I knew about growing up. Oh man. Um, I mean the first, my first big gig was, was, a was an episode of curb your enthusiasm, which was wild, you know, like, and, that was interesting because I was playing a waiter and I had auditioned for a different part and then months went by and I was like, I didn't get it. And then they're like, you got the job, but it's for a different part and a different episode. I was like, oh, amazing. And I was playing a waiter, but they had a bunch of other, um, a bunch of the extras were also cast as waiters. So we were all in the same costume and, uh, it was like a big deal for me. It was like huge. It's like, you know, improv, it's, it's comedy, it's, it's like everything. It was a huge gig and uh i didn't have any lines it was just like it was so small but it was like a huge thing and i would be in the scene with larry david and uh the you know the second ad gets me he's like sit over here this is like the cast area and one of the extras who wasn't a waiter saw me sitting in like the the chairs and he was like i guess we can sit wherever we want and then he <laughs> came up to me and he sat down in Larry David's chair and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> like nobody, oh, nobody. No. And then he started to um, 
loudly complain (laughs) 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 and like and try to buddy up with me to be like right and i'm like no and then you can't go like i've actually i'm like i've been cast as waiter you know and like again like you just i find myself always trying to rationalize me being somewhere you know like to to explain it to other people yeah and it was just like i just had a i was just sweating and scared and i was like dude you're gonna get me fired and i don't even know anything please just leave me be but it was the most like the biggest thing I'd ever gotten at that time and the most terrifying experience of my life. Also a very Larry David thing to happen, like to be put in that yeah. position. And then, cause I'm rewatching Seinfeld right now. And it's just all about like annoying randos coming up and ruining your day, you know? And that Dude. tradition carries on in Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was so dangerously spot on i uh i hated it i hated it it was terrible so how did you end up in that chair what where did you grow up and where did you go to school for theater did you just go straight to doing improv comedy because i feel like you're an actor that really you know you really do walk the line between um you obviously you're very funny improv actor improv performer but you also are in a lot of straight you know productions as well like doing drama doing stuff like that yeah thanks um i uh when i was a kid i wanted to be a uh, an animator i wanted to be a cartoonist me too that's really? crazy yeah the wild. that, was, that yeah. was my focus for years and years and i like got really serious about it and i was i loved it and i still love like animation and comic books and you know illustration like it's such a big part of my life still uh and then as i got older i was like i don't have the patience or the skill <laughs> required mm-hmm. um when what I, how old were you when that hit you i was probably like I think I started to turn that corner like 13, you know, Mm -hmm. like 13, 14, probably like where I was like, I think I need to be doing it instead of drawing it, you know, Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. my family's very, uh, they're all very gifted storytellers. And it's all about like, you know, dinner was always showtime. Like my one buddy, my best friend growing up would always be like, can I eat dinner at your house? (laughs) <laughs> like, we're like yeah dude come over and then it would just be the show would start you know and oh. be my parents and my brother and me and whatever was going on that day and it was just so fun and uh yeah my family's all full of characters so i i just started to follow that and then um my freshman year of high school they were doing the musical and i was like oh i want to i think i want to do that but i was terrified and i didn't audition for it and I hated myself. I was oh, no. so I was so mad that I that I chickened out that I was like, I will never chicken out like that again because this is way worse than not getting it. This like this I didn't even try to get it, you know. So that's that killed me. And then yeah, did you the go see year, it? Did you go watch it? Yeah, yeah. And I was and then everybody's like so fun, you know. I mean, like you see them in the hall and they're all like this like pack of like you know theater kids yeah which from the outside n- never very appealing you know but like for no. me i'm like that's but when I you're in like, it it's yeah, fun it yeah can that's be. where i should be that's where i should be <laughs> yeah so then the next year i went out and i was in uh 10th grade my uh my stage debut was the music man i was just about to say you must have been cast in the music man yeah. at some point <laughs> i was that's so funny yeah that was my my first uh venture and of then course. this is 
this is maybe this is maybe for a later thing, but I an embarrassing one of my most embarrassing moments was in rehearsal for Music Man. Um, it was like Tech Week, and my teacher, Mr. McCabe, was talking to the cast, and like the rehearsal was terrible. And he sat us. We were all sitting in the the bleachers of like the city hall, whatever scene. And he went. He was so mad. He was like, "You're to all of us." He's like, "You're not good enough to do this show." <laughs> oh man! To the whole cast, and yeah. it was just like getting written. He's like, "You're not good enough." Wow! You don't deserve to do it. You're not good enough. And he kept saying it, and he said it so many times that I was like, "I know what you're doing." Mm. And then he went, "You're not good enough." And I went, "Yes, we are." <laughs> Alone. <laughs> And every, like all of the seniors turned and they were like, what the fuck? And then his face, he never had anybody like, I didn't realize it was, he didn't, he wasn't looking for a response. I thought he was, I now, thought it was a call Are you thing. in the like seersucker suit? Are you in the like candy striper? Dude, I was a poopy boy. I had like a little white overall thing and I was yeah. chubby and my face turned purple. I just was like, my ears started to steam and I was like, I'll, I'll never survive. It was terrible, and they, but it did. It shut him down. He was just like, uh, uh, uh. he couldn't. He didn't know what to do with it because it was probably the saddest thing he's ever seen in his life, and it pulled all his anger out. And then he walked away, and everybody's like, "Okay, cooker." And I was like, "What?" And then I kind of endeared myself with the older kids, and it's like, "All right, I'm all right." Yes, we. Can. Yes, we can. Yes, yes we, we are. Can. It was terrible. <laughs> I still. It makes me upset. I still. I'm like, oh. What did you think? Did you think it was going to turn into a Spartacus moment when everyone was like standing up against him? I thought that's what he was building towards. Oh, it was you, so dramatic. He wanted like a confidence response. Yeah, like, I he, thought he was like, are you? And I was right. like, well, yes, we are. You know, like I thought for <laughs> sure he was building us. He was trying to get us riled up, you know. Uh, that was not the case. He he genuinely meant that we were not performing well enough to put a show <laughs> There's nothing like watching a middle-aged theater director, like high school theater director, have their tech week meltdown. You oh know what I mean? Because it happens every time. There's it's just the a best. point where they have lost it. They have no more energy. They have no more faith. Yeah. How could it not hit that point with children? Yeah. yeah. Children Chil who've been in school all day. Children who've been in school all day who have also had their own epic stories being played out in these casts, romances, love triangles. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Com com competition, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, the uh, most heightened experience of their lives. Yeah, life or death. And then yeah. you just have like a very frustrated man or woman being like, yeah. you're not good enough for the music. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best. And then I did it every year after that. And then I went to college and I went to uh, Ryder University that had an incredible theater program. And uh, I was there for where, four years. So where did you grow up and where was college? Oh, I grew up on uh, uh, on the Jersey Shore in South Jersey. Um, and I went to college uh, in like central Jersey. Okay. Uh, like right in the middle. It's right near Princeton, but has nothing to do with Princeton. Got it. Uh, got it. And <laughs> just it making just like, that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they make it clear from the moment you arrive on yeah, campus. Yeah. It's what it says, says on the sign yeah. and all the bumper stickers that you get <laughs> yeah. when you graduate. It says nothing um, to do with Princeton. Yeah. Close, but nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, but it was great. It was a great, when I went, it was primarily um, a business and education school. And then since then, the theater department has grown and it's become like a really incredible performing arts center and their programs have it extended to all sorts of stuff. And it's, uh, it's really, it's, it was, it was awesome. It was a great experience then. And it's just built even more since then. 
Were you so were you getting a classical theater training for for college? Yeah, I mean, like as 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 best as I was able to receive, you know, like right. I I uh, I it was great though. I mean, the faculty there was incredible, and then so we had these incredible teachers and professors walking us through, like you know, theater history and then stagecraft and all. You're doing all of that stuff while still going into acting classes and uh, improv classes and. Um, I, for a while I picked up, uh, a dance minor cause they were, uh, they worked with the Princeton ballet school, which was the American repertory ballet. And so by picking up the dance minor, I was able to take dance classes for free. Wow. Um, which Wish was great. Done that. Yeah. It was so cool. And, and I, you know, I, I definitely was like, I'm not doing, I'm not a dancer. And then my girlfriend at the time was like, you're, you're an actor shut up I'm like learn how to use your body and i was like oh that's a great point <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. and then i did that for like three years so i would go to uh princeton ballet school and it was me and like my friend and and then just a a, a bunch of older women yeah and, and it was a really incredible experience it was how it, those were you as a dancer great. how were you um i was told by one of my favorite dance teachers that i had i think it was ballon which is natural height when I when I leapt. Oh, nice. Um, and I was, but I heard Balrog, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I got I got too excited for yeah. the wrong reason, and then I was like, oh, natural height's good too, but yeah, Balrog's tall. Yeah, Balrog, he's big, man. You know, he's a big Fire, guy. Fire, I passion. Yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of passion in your dance. Yeah, I was always. You said you were a chubby kid. I was a very skinny, very skinny kid with very tall. I didn't get tall super early, but I was tall by eighth grade and I had long bony limbs. Yeah. And I was always afraid, especially when it came to dance, like I was always afraid of letting them out too far. You know what sure. I mean? Because yeah. I was always worried I was going to knock into something. So <laughs> dance was always hard because it was always like I was trying to do it, but I was always trying to like contain myself and make myself less gangly. Wow. It was difficult. I wish I had. I took some like local dance classes because I did so much musical theater because that was all yeah. you could do in high school. They didn't have a lot of, you know... All the extracurricular stuff was all musical theater or like, you know, the the musical theater stuff was the big stuff in my high school. But yeah, I wish I had done I wish in college, you know, there was an opportunity that I could have gone at, into it as a musical theater major. And I, I stayed away from it. And I one of the big regrets is like not getting that dance experience because. Um, and when I ended up doing something like crazy ex-girlfriend, like I needed to do some like bell hops and kicks and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, wish I knew how to do this. Yeah. And wouldn't be cut out of these shots when it airs <laughs> on TV. <laughs> do you still have that in you? I still know my positions. I know my ballet positions and I know like a little bit and I still, you know, I still can feel that teachers correct my, my hands, you know, when, mm. when they're not properly uh, held in position, but I don't think I'm good. Like I, like I remember things, but I, I would, I still, I think like, oh, maybe I should do that again. That was really, it was interesting. It definitely I, changed my body. Like, yeah, I, I, it changed the way I moved, which was great. Yeah, and to it's, be able to know that is interesting. Not to stereotype, but like. I've, you know, dudes, it's tough. It's tough for a lot of guys when it comes yeah. to dance. You know, we, we it's just not in, typically encouraged 
that right. we do it growing up, you know, at yep. least in my generation. I think you're a few years younger than me, but it I wasn't just, any easier for me. And I know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see some guys, you know, uh, today, and, and God bless everyone on Crazy Ex Girlfriend. And I certainly was not a brilliant dancer, but you'd look around the room and some guys, it's just like their feet were nailed to the floor and they did yeah. not know. Suddenly they did not even remember how to pick up their feet. So it's awesome that you got that background. Those, that's yeah. the type of thing that, I think, you know, if there's any young actors listening and I don't I don't know if there are, if you if you, if, if you are, please let me know. Like, I think your girlfriend's advice is the best. Yeah. Don't shortchange yourself coming up in your education on anything that might inform how you perform as an actor. You know, and a lot of times you're yeah. doing it just because you're afraid, you know, like I was with dance. I was like, I don't want to I'm going to look like an idiot. Yeah. I mean, that was why. And that was, I think, me not going out for the musical in ninth grade and hating myself was such a formative moment for me because I was like, I, why would I ever not try? Like, I, I don't ever want to feel this way. Like, it's awful to feel this. It's yeah. better to fail, you know? And I also just, in my mind, with the dance stuff, I, I sold it to myself as saying, like, but Batman's utility belt is loaded. I have to pack my utility belt better. And like just make sure I've got something for everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I get, got it. At first I thought you were interpreting dance as if you were Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Which I also it. really like. Yeah. And I called my dance belt, my utility belt. Yes, and it was, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and then I kept yeah, being yeah. told that's not what it is. Don't use <laughs> yeah. it like that. You know? Yeah. Uh, no, you're, you're saying be a ninja, be yeah. an acting ninja, have all the tricks in your utility belt. Yeah. Have, have something for everything. You don't want the penguin sneaking up on you and being like, I don't have the remedy for this situation. Correct. Yeah. No, because it happens to be modern dance. It is. Because uh, his umbrellas can't, you, think. you know, if you're doing all <laughs> yeah. the arms and shit, <laughs> yeah. it can't get you. Yeah. So when did you took, you took improv in college then? When did, when did improv yeah. and comedy start to like emerge? Improv, I was doing improv in high school too with uh, Jim McCabe, uh, who was my, my teacher there. We was doing, we did improv and he would do, um, it was a high school class where I got to take improv uh, and we did a, uh, improv coffee shop where we did like character work. Everybody was like a character and we would do shows and, you know, it was the first time I was doing any of that stuff. And then going into college, there was, um, an improv course. Um, and then also there was a student, um, group, like it was a theater honor society and we would put on shows all the time. So we were doing student shows along with faculty stuff and we were doing improv and sketch and all of that. And I think the most, uh, helpful part of that was just having the ability to explore stuff from like I was a kid, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was in such a safe space where I was able to create things and try things, start to discover my voice a little bit, you know, and like see what worked and what didn't and, um, and kind of build from there. So all four years of college, I was always doing uh, improv and sketch shows. Did you find there was a time when you had to overcome just getting out on stage and being chaotic overcome it like in um, improv uh no i i still get very nervous and then i think i'm i think i'm led by like uh, a leap like mm. uh mentality of just like oh, just go you know because i'll be like i'll be nervous all day still for for an improv show like i i i think it's a scary thing to do yeah um, definitely i mean you're you're tightrope walking without a net for sure yeah. 
Yeah. And I love it. And it's so fun because of that. Like that survival element I, I love. How often in that pre-show anxiety are you having the conversation in your brain of like, stop preparing, stop prepping, stop thinking about it? You know what I mean? Or or are you going, well, I could always fall back on this if, if I'm put in yeah. this situation. Yeah. No, I still, every day I tell myself, a lot of actors never work again. You're okay. You know, like, don't, you know, you're going to die alone. And I go, whoa, 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 take it easy. Uh, <laughs> no, I think the um, the pre-show stuff, I think I've gotten a lot better at, at just uh, managing my adrenaline, like a little bit, a little bit better, um, mm. which is which is a big improvement. But I, especially during um, when I was in Sunday Company with Groundlings, like I'd be so amped for because I'd be so nervous, and I would I would just be like wound up all day, and then it'd be an hour to showtime, and I would crash. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's so irresponsible of me to not be aware of where I'm putting my energy. And so over the years, I've gotten a lot better at just being like, okay, I saved the loud music for right before I saved the like energy for right before. And I, I make sure I eat my, my meals and have the fuel that I need. And just like the mechanical preparation of, yeah. of our job, I've tried to get better at over the years. Um, yeah, that's smart. What helps the most when prepping an audition when you're going, do you get those audition nerves as well? Sometimes I, I, I think it depends on the audition. Um, but I also had, you know, I, every, I, all my stuff seems to be like, I had one really bad experience and I didn't want to do it again. Okay. Um, let's hear it. I had one audition for a pilot that I was so excited for. And I was, I thought I was great for, and I loved all the people involved. And I was like, oh, this is, this is huge. And then I got to the audition waiting room and it was people I recognized like names and me. And I was like, oh shit. And I, and then I started to spiral. And I also found that those waiting rooms can be so quiet that I, I stopped breathing. Mm. I like, I get shallow breath and then that messes up my system. And I, and I, I know that that's what happened that day is I was just like trying to be quiet, trying to be small. So I wasn't in the way of any of the people that I recognized. And then I went into the room and I hadn't been breathing. I really wanted the gig and I was intimidated by the people around me and my adrenaline shot through the roof and something happened that's never happened before or since. I tried to manage my body. I tried to be like, all right, mechanical, like, like just, just take charge of your physical form. And my internal system was like, no, you don't get, <laughs> you don't get to decide that right now. And my butt cheeks started to implode. They, my, my muscles in my butt just started to go like, wah, 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 and the shakes, all of my nervous energy no. went to the one thing that I guess my body thought the producers couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting there holding the page and I was like, my hands aren't shaking, but my pants have to be visibly shaking. Like it was so bizarre. And then I left and I was like, I don't remember saying anything. I might not have. I might have yeah. just stood there and they said their lines and I didn't say mine. And I was just so like, that was terrible. And I didn't take care of myself. And I let 
outside forces, you know, like just the whole thing. And it just like blew my mind. But that physical sensation of standing in a room being like, hi, yeah, good to see you, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden your body's like, nah, dude, you're not all right. You didn't take care of you. You know, and it's like, yeah. oh shit. It was crazy. That's wild. It's so wild when your body betrays you like that and you feel yeah. like you have no control over it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they thought that your legs were just shaking, you know right. what I mean? Which I'm right. sure is just as embarrassing. But out of the two, I'd rather them think my legs were shaking than sure. my butt was going Sorry. out. We're going like- to stop you. Is your <laughs> ass shaking? Yeah, yeah. There, there was uh, a moment in... I, I, had a, I had a couple episodes where I recurred on Shameless. And I don't know if I have told this story on the show before. If I have it forgive me everyone but i had to be like naked and i didn't know until after i got the part and i'm not someone who's like yeah i'm ready to go naked anytime you know what i mean i'm like i need at least six months before i feel good about this (laughs) and you know i'm like it's a comedy whatever get over yourself and the um, there was a shot where I was getting out of the shower and there were like two crew guys behind me with a camera. And my ass is like the thing in frame. And I carry a lot of fucking tension in my lower back and my butt when I'm nervous. And I was very nervous because I'd never done this before. I was so uncomfortable. Um, and... At one point from Video Village, the director, who was a woman, thank God, I felt more comfortable that it was because I just felt like she was more sensitive. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's me being sexist in a reverse way. But like I felt more taken care of. <clears throat> she was like, Michael, relax your butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. How? So somewhere there's like pre-roll footage of me trying to like loosen up my butt cheeks. I feel so bad for the cameraman that we're like tucked in the bathtub of the shower, like inches away. I was like, you don't understand how terrified I am right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's amazing. Horrible, horrible. And to have that shouted from across the soundstage. The least helpful, like the lovely suggestion, but not at all a possibility. Like. And the, oh my God. the worst part was when I got the part, they were like, oh, like William H. Macy came in to the, to the trailer and was like, I hear you'll be around a lot this season. I'm like, yeah, I've been told it's recurring. I don't know. That was my last episode. I did the, I did my introductory episode, the episode where I got naked and then I never came back. Whoa. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if they could just feel the terror and the uncomfortableness of that I clearly felt that day. God. And, but I never came. My character did not come back. I don't know what happened. I never watched the season. <laughs> I was told by someone who said, I was like, was my butt in that? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, good. <laughs> my tense butt did oh, not make it on man. <laughs> oh, which is also like such another part of it of like the torture of that <clears throat> moment for you. And it doesn't even make the cut. Like, that's brutal. It sucks, man. This industry is wild. It's It's very wild. Yeah. All right. Well, I've made it about me once again. Let's go to a break. When we come back, we're going to make it about Matt again. (laughs) 
Okay, Matt Cook. So you arrive in lot. Do you go to New York before you're on? You're over there. Oh, you're so close, New Jersey. I, yeah, I was so close, but um, I I felt like L.A. was my better option. I felt like in New York, you, you have to do everything all the way to attend. And I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I was like, I've got a few like very isolated skills that I think would be better in L.A. So what was your, you dog walked. What did you do when mm -hmm. you first came out here? Were you hitting the ground running with auditions or did you have to kind of scrape for a while and figure out, you know, no agent when you got out here? How, no. how did that all come about? No, nothing. Um, I got out here. My first job was at Maggiano's at the Grove. As oh, a, yeah. You hear my voice cracked because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was back there. I could I literally w went back so quickly. Uh, I couldn't listen to Frank Sinatra for years. Uh, and all those guys like my Christmas playlist were scrapped for years because of because <laughs> of my time. Just there. cut you walking out to the dumpster and tossing all your CDs and yeah. vinyl just, into a trash can. Just can't do it. Uh, it was it was a uh, Magiano's great restaurant, great food, everything. But the Magiano's at the Grove is a very specific clientele, you know? And because it's also outside the Grove, so it's kind of people that are lost and yeah. are upset they've spent so much money on vacation. Yeah. Uh, and so then, for people who aren't listening, the Grove is like this fancy outdoor mall Yeah. in the middle of Los Angeles. Yeah, which is and beautiful. It's beautiful, uh, but yeah, I get it. It's, <laughs> it's a big tourist spot. It's like it's a tourist you know, spot, it's a tour yeah. And I grew up on the Jersey Shore and I waited tables and worked in restaurants there, so I'm not. I'm no stranger to serving tourists um but Maggiano's was a was a survival gig that was great and it was and I made good friends there and it was really fun but you know people would sit down and be like I'll have a large spaghetti and I'll be like well <laughs> sir it's family style so that's for four to eight he's like give me a large spaghetti and then you all right I'm not fighting you dude it's two <laughs> in the afternoon you can have a large spaghetti if you want it and then you bring it out there's too much spaghetti you're like oh, yeah well <laughs> all right um but that was that so I worked there for uh almost a year and then uh, started to walk dogs through, uh, uh, like a couple connections through there. And then, um, that was my, my day job for forever. And then I started taking classes at groundlings, like right away. My, my uncle lives out here and he was like, you should be at groundlings. He took me to see a show. And I, I, I was like, yeah, that's, that's the best thing I've ever seen. And then I yeah. started taking classes immediately when I moved out here and, um, that was where my uh, foundation for for everything kind of really set in. Um, that's where I made so many of my best friends, and I learned so much. And um, all the stuff I had been doing, and and you know, growing up in school and in college, was able to be uh, refined in like clean sentences. You know, like in, mm -hmm. in the intro to improv, and I'm like. Oh, well, they would say one thing and I'd go, that's why that didn't work or that's why that did work. Oh, and then start to really like put it in. It would, the form would take shape, you know, in my mind. Um, and yeah, and that was it. I put all of my resources into, into groundlings. I was like, the any class is so expensive. And I was like, this feels like where I'm supposed to be. So I'll do that. I'll walk dogs. And then I think a friend of mine hooked me up with his commercial agent at some point. And then that was like, I, but it was a modeling agency. Mm -hmm. um, and so they didn't really know what to do with me because I'd be like, hi, you know, <laughs> they're like, they're like, all right, bud. Um, I think you're a handsome boy, man. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, but I, I was definitely I in the lineup of their clients. I was pretty sure. far to one side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was great. And that was my you know, those those early auditions, especially like the commercial auditions of going in and not having any idea what it's supposed to be and and how to really do it, you know, and because I think my my college experience was great for being on my feet and doing shows and theater and, and exploring stuff and like trial by fire, like building a confidence that was really like called upon and challenged when I was out here trying how to so, start a professional life. How so? Just um, nobody cares when yeah. you get here, you know, you just are like, Oh, damn. And I thought I was cool, man. Like I grew up two hours from New York City, two hours from Philadelphia. I was like, I am a city guy. <laughs> and then I got here and I was like, I'm a country boy. Like I <laughs> have never been in a city. This is scary. It's huge. Like, I, you know, just that sort of like reframing of of what I thought I knew versus what I needed to learn and all that. It was it was cool. It was it was a great, scary exciting time yeah well let's take a look at some of the roles that you played uh okay. early on okay um i'm gonna go down your imdb list at uh internet oh movie data not a sponsor uh but yet. um and yet i'm going to name a character or oh, a role no. and you're gonna tell me what project it was from this oh. is a game this is a game i call uh show me your name okay I'm terrified. First of all, I'm very impressed. You have a lot of credentials on on here. Thank you. Okay, we've already talked about waiter. <laughs> Driver in a rush. Oh. Driver uh, was in a it? rush. Oh my god, is it the, there's two things that it might be, but I think it was the de-evolution of Ben Stiller. Yes, that is correct. The right. Devil again, another. Con this is a short. It yeah. appears to be, and another comedy legend early on in your career. I assume you worked with Ben Stiller, or was this someone playing Ben Stiller? That was somebody playing Ben Stiller. Completely, <laughs> <laughs> completely unauthorized. I felt uh, myself. Uh, yeah, ca I caught it as I yeah, was. Yeah, you saying can feel it. it. Yeah, as soon as you're like, well, <laughs> let's see. Uh, no, completely unauthorized. Uh, a friend of a friend was like, "Oh, that's funny," and he's like, "Okay, do this." And and, you know, almost hit Ben Stiller with your car. And it was like, okay. And it was uh, a riff on, on that. Great. I love it. It was fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. ADA Upton Crookshank. That's Harry's Law. That Great. was an incredible experience. Uh, that was wild. I'd never done anything like that in my life. What, what was, what was, uh, this is, why is my IMDb not loading? This is really annoying. Um, ben Stiller shut it down. He's, ben Stiller he's, did. He's, he heard. Yeah, he heard about upset. it. Harry's Law was with uh, Kathy Bates, correct? Yeah. All right. So that's okay. There's a legend right there. Yeah. And my my grandma, my mom's mom, my Lala, her favorite movie ever is Misery, and we watched it the Christmas that I was working on. Um, <laughs> Uh, Harry's Law, because uh, she saw it with her best friend, Belle, in the theater, and she'd never heard reactions like that, you know? So she always loved Misery. And Kathy Bates was one of the most professional, cool, kind, 
supportive people I'd ever worked with and such a huge star. And my first episode, I was like the B storyline villain. And I was supposed to be this like Southern, like church going family man who's a real creep on the side. Yeah. And my first Played day a couple of, of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my first day of work was um, the photo shoot for the incriminating photos that surface because uh, my character's prosecuting a prostitute mm-hmm. and her friends there. And she's like, I recognize that guy. And then, so my first day of work, I had to wear women's lingerie and high heels and walk onto a soundstage at Warner brothers. And, and the grips were like, yeah, right. And I was like, I'm good. How you doing? You need a hand with anything? And they were like, what the fuck? They started to laugh. And I was in high heels in a robe and I had to go and lay down on a bed with these two other actresses. And we just like took these like incriminating photos my yeah. first day on the job. And the, the images were beautiful. <laughs> like the, the, they showed you me. You should have like, them, given them to the model uh, dude, commercial agent. I know. I would have really would have paid off. Finally. See what you See? passed up. Yes. See what you didn't send out. Enough. It was nuts. It was so. It was so surreal and so strange. And like, I don't know if you've ever like clipped your own bra on, but that's that's not something I grew not up. Not to the best of my memory. Yeah, it was very surreal. And then I went and did the did the actual like scenes and stuff and it was again like the b villain and then i was told i was going to be in the next episode and then i was going up against kathy bates in a court case and i was reading the the script and i turned the page and it was my closing arguments were the whole page with just my character's name and then nothing but dialogue and i remember thinking these people don't know who I am. Why would they give this to me? This is <laughs> this is crazy of them. And then I had to do it and it was a blast. And I had a scene with Kathy at dinner. We go out to dinner and it was just the two of us. And it was like four and a half pages of just me and Kathy Bates. God, man, that's And it was awesome. nuts. It was so cool. And we get, I get, it was the last day of that shoot and I get to set and she goes, you want to run lines? And I was like, yeah, whatever you want, whatever you need. You know, and we sat down in a corner while they got the shot ready and we just ran the scene a couple of times. Um, but this is terrible. Uh, I had my character makes her say grace at the thing. And she's like this, like rough and tumble, you know, um, and I'm supposed to, we're supposed to hold hands and my hands are the sweatiest hands. Like currently my hands are sweating and I'm sitting in my own home talking to a friend and my hands are sweating and I had to hold and I was like, Kathy, I'm so sorry. My hands are so sweaty. She's like, that's okay. And then we just held like the tiniest touch of hands. And I was like, our characters don't really like each other anyway, but I was like, I cannot, I cannot put Kathy Bates through this. And then she was, she could not have been kinder about it, but I, it's awful. My hands are so sweaty all the time. At least you are open and honest about it. You know what I mean? The worst thing to do is that actors try to hide the obvious thing. Dude. I, I can't. I, yeah. I mean, it's like, sweat it out, bro. We'll get through it together. Yeah. It's okay. That's yeah. great. What was acting across from her? Was there anything that you noticed? You're like, oh, this is what she does or not like not exposing a trick that makes it sound that way. But like, did you go? Oh, I see what she. Oh, this is interesting. Um, I don't know. I think I think at the time I had never been that close to someone that good. Yeah. So I think I was just so impressed with her stillness 
you know, that like sort of like she's going to get it. Like they're going to get the shot and just the confidence of, of her, um, was really special to, to see, to, to go, you know, and then even her be like, I'm going to take it again. Like I actually want to do it different. And then just the control that she had, um, over herself, I thought was so special yeah, especially for a young actress. Trust. Yeah. The trust, the self trust. And, and then what that does for the people around her too, for the, for everybody's like, Kathy's got it. Like, you know, everybody, I, I've been very fortunate to work with really good leaders. Um, on shows like that where, where the, the number one on the call sheet is setting such a good tone. And yeah. We've talked about that a little bit on the show before pretty recently about how that's like such a thing. You yeah. Know? It's crucial. You need that. That's so cool. That's great. And, yeah. and I remember in college I did, I was like a featured extra in wonder boys. They filmed at Carnegie Mellon university and Michael Douglas was the teacher. And I was just a kid with no lines in his class. And I remember being like, he's not doing anything. Like he's, he's speaking more quietly than a teacher would in real life. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Which, you know, that's been a, I mean, I'm a projector, so I'll probably <laughs> never get there, but just like, I wow he's doing nothing and then you yep. watch it and you're like it's all there yep and it's amazing when you go you like lean into it and when you get when you watch an actor make you lean in you're like oh that's a special thing you're doing yeah it's so pretty cool. cool um all right we have time for one more let's look at i mean again look at all this stuff that you've done um here's a fun one ivan Ivan is from the comeback. Man, again, uh, comedy comedy icon. Dude. Lisa Kudrow is one of the most incredible performers I've ever worked with. And we would do scenes all scripted. And she'd be word perfect. Mm -hmm. And then she'd also be able to dance around and improvise stuff and and be so just dropped into that character. That one, we did one take where like her mic thing, her mic pack fell off and we, I was the sound guy. Um, and uh, her mic pack fell and I said something about it and she was like, just leave it. And, and I was like, because we were supposed to be exiting and we exited and they called cut and whatever. And I was like, Lisa, I'm sorry. Like, I, I thought that I should have said something. She's like, what? And I was like, I feel like I, I shouldn't have said anything. She was like, no, that was fine. It was good. It was in this. And then she, she like, I thought she was mad at me <laughs> because she did it so well. And I was yeah. just, I just believed her, you know? And like when you're, that makes your job easier when you just believe the person that you're with and you yeah, react. You're getting a genuine reaction in that yeah. case. They're yeah. capturing that with you. Yeah. Uh, wow. That was such a fun experience. That was, that was one of my favorites. Uh, she's the best. That's such a skill too, that uh, the ability to go off script improvise ad lib but find your way back yeah to the scene and in into the narrative that's not something that everybody can do you i know people who can script it all the way or improvise it all the way but to find i, I struggle with that you know like yeah me too in an audition or in a scene like okay how do i bring it back to the because we have to hit this note of the scene that's the whole point yeah. that's tricky to weave in between the written and uh, unscripted yeah she was really 
gifted at that. That was really special to watch. What when you? How much do you find yourself ad libbing, auditioning? Uh, excuse me, ad libbing and improvising when it comes to your auditions. I don't, um, unless they like tell me specifically to. Like I don't do it. I think I, I've done a lot of multicam, and it's it's so much about like say what's on the page so that the writers know what what works and what doesn't, and then trust. You know. Um, but where I'll where I'll add stuff is at the end. Like if a scene is missing a button, I'll, I'll just make sure I've got an out, you know, like that. And other than that, I stick to it. Even when they say like, you know, feel free to improvise. I'm like, I don't I don't really want to because then your reader, you know, it depends who your reader is too. like just, th- you know, you watch someone, you watch their eyes light up. Like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, no, sorry. And that's it's so difficult. It's such a it's such a, a weird way to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I'll try to add stuff. If I think I have a good button, I'll, I'll try to add a button to, to an audition. That's great but advice. But other than that, other than that, I don't do it. Well, what's the button of this episode going to be? Oh, God. Because um, <laughs> we're at the end. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. Probably something about my panic and my, my sweaty <laughs> hands. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, let's go put your hands, get your hands dried off, put them in, yeah. put them in some gloves, keep them <laughs> beautiful, flesh colored yeah. gloves. No one will ever know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Cook, thank you so much for being on the show, man. This is, I mean, this episode flew by. I can't believe it's yeah. already been uh, almost an hour. Where can people find you on social media uh, if you want them to? What yeah. uh, I know that uh, the greatest beer run ever is playing right now on Apple TV Plus. That's right. So people can find it there. Uh, what else you got? Anything you want to plug? Um, and then I went from I, I did I did the greatest beer run ever, which was a blast. And then I did a movie called Champions, which comes out in March. That uh, beer run was directed by Peter Fairley. And then I worked with Bobby Fairley on Whoa. Champions, uh, which was very surreal. So, and so cool. Thing I didn't realize uh, watching Seinfeld back, they wrote on Seinfeld. They Did were they? writers. Yeah, they were writers on Seinfeld, at least for a couple episodes in season oh my four. God. I don't know if they were staffed the whole time, but there was uh, there was an episode. Gosh, which one was it recently? It was early, it's like 10 episodes, maybe into episode four when they're doing the whole like they're going to make the pilot. And it was Peter Melman. And then the Farley brothers were. That's amazing. Credit. I was like, oh, this may. OK, they they this makes sense. They had to. Of course, they like They've staff wrote on forever. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. They what was are it? so cool. Yeah. Fun working with them. Oh, my God. Just the most like that's, you know, I grew up watching their stuff and they that was just such a special experience to be able to work with them and uh get to know them and like get them to laugh you know what i mean like was yeah. the best and it, but pete was we were on set for beer on and we're like on a tarmac in thailand we're on the royal thai family's private airfield and there's like a hundred extras there's jeeps there's like a helicopter there's like all this stuff going on and he comes out and we're doing this big walk and talk zach and i and pete comes out he's like that's great do it again a little faster and it was like just so chill and like so cool and great and like just relaxed and it was it was great. And then Bobby, too, like just so lovely and funny and chill and supportive. And uh, it, it's great, you know, just for for them being who they are to still be so yeah. just lovely, you know. Yes, yeah. it, it was the best. Well, who's in champions? Uh, Woody Harrelson, Caitlin Olson uh, and 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 me. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's no, and great. a bunch of people. I mean, it's yeah. it's great. The cast is amazing and um it's a sports comedy and it's 
it's so fun. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Man, well, I'm so excited to see where the rest of your career goes, Matt. It's been Thanks, so cool dude. to see you pop up in all these awesome projects. And you're a very funny guy, very lovely guy. You know, if people are listening to this and didn't know who you were before, they're going to know, I think, very soon. Uh, uh, thanks, man. So congratulations. Um, all right. We're going to, this episode's coming to an end, but you're going to join me over in the green room. Do you want to tease what story you might be sharing backstage? I have, uh, I, I feel like I only have embarrassing, scary stories, but I've got one truly incredible, uh, incredibly awful uh, independent film story that I did years ago. Great. All right. Well, we'll see you backstage. All right. Okay, Matt and I will meet you backstage in the Slate Your Name green room. You can hear that episode right now over at patreon.com slash Slate Your Name. And don't forget to follow, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. Hey, you know what? Tell a friend. Tell tell your friend you like the show and have them tell a friend that they like the show. Um, yeah, I want to get the show to more people, you know. Uh, throw me a little bone here. Uh, and if you're on an if you're an Apple Podcast person, please select this episode on your player. Scroll down, and where you see write a review at the bottom, give me five stars and write me a review. I might read it on the air. And while you're typing, you might as well write me. Uh, write to the show at slateyournamepod at gmail.com. Let me know how I'm doing. Uh, ask me any questions you might have about Hollywood or acting or TV or film or whatever is on your mind. You know what? You need some advice? You know what? I'll give you advice. I'll do the best I can. How about that? Uh, also, follow me on Instagram at McMills. The show is Slate Your Name Podcast on Instagram. What else? Oh, you know what? Since you love podcasts, why not check out my other show, Bigfoot Collectors Club, which I co-host with actor Bryce Johnson and musician Riley Bray. We talk about UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, all the spooky high strangeness topic topics that your uh, little heart can handle, can hold, uh, can, give me one more age, Michael, can hear about. I could have done better. All right, everybody. I want to thank Matt Cook for being my guest and John Forrest, as always, for editing and engineering this episode. And a huge thanks to Riley Bray for providing those sweet, sweet piano keys. If we don't see you in the green room, we will see you next week. And remember, don't call us. We'll call you.